Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host this week, Ryan, and joining me as always is Crofton. How's it going, Crofton? Hey, Ryan. Feels like we have not done this for a while. It's been about a month, uh, and, you know, summer's been busy, and we have uh, our topic is very fitting because it is it is going to be about summer vacations, which is kind of like what's kept us busy. Uh, but before we get to that, we have another thing that's been keeping us busy, which is Baldur's Gate 3. But before we get to that, Crofton, I want to start something off a little bit of a surprise for you. You didn't see this coming. You have no idea. But I'm going to play this. PlayStation 5 Watch 2023. It's time to Crofton. All right, Crofton. PlayStation 5 Watch. It is starting now. Spider-Man 2 launches in just two months. Are you <laughs> buying a PS5? Go. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still, I still haven't, although there's now some deals that have come up and, uh, I will say this kind of dovetails nicely into, uh, one thing I wanted to, to mention off the top, because we, as you mentioned, we're devoting all our dungeons time pretty much to talk about Baldur's Gate 3. Um, so, uh, my kid, I'm having my kids watch and I'm watching with them, the spectacular Spider-Man, which is an animated television show from 2008. And as I watch it again, I can't help but be reminded it was only two seasons, like 24 episodes that it is possibly the greatest adaptation of Spider-Man ever across any medium. It is so good. But, uh, as I, as I was playing it just today, uh, I said, you know, there's a Spider-Man video game you guys might want to check out. And so they were curious to see it. And I started the PS4 version of the Spider-Man game, which, as I had chided you for in the past, starts off with a lot of shooting um, and violence. And maybe my five-year-old shouldn't have been looking at it, although they were really excited to see it. And as I was jumping into the action and fighting Kingpin's goons, I was just like, oh, God, when Spider-Man 2 comes out, it's going to be so hard not to get a PS5. Um, so all this to say, uh, I'm back to thinking about it. But the reality is, Ryan, it's been a summer of riches on the video game side. And I've got Starfield coming down the pipe. I'm neck deep in Baldur's Gate. I still haven't finished Zelda. And like, um, and I'm paying off all my summer vacation stuff uh, to spend more money on a video count game console. I honestly do not need right now. Uh, for this one game, essentially. Oh, I don't know. So I'm I'm teetering. I'm teetering, but I think I may stay strong here. They haven't done enough to win me over. Right. So uh, Whirlwind, who was nice enough to record that bumper for us, a uh, longtime listener, he he had also mentioned a couple other games uh, that, that I that I'll mention. Uh, but you've got Final Fantasy 16. Does not, you know, I know you've held strong on that one. Zero, no, no, uh, no, like I tell you, that's a game though, that if it had come out and to 10 on 10 reviews and everybody saying this is the best Final Fantasy since whatever your favorite Final Fantasy was, I could have, I, it could have been a deal breaker, but the, the sort of consensus eight on 10 really nice graphics action game, um, doesn't really do it for me. It, it adds it to the pile of, you know, 
when you when you buy a console like later in the generation and then you get to play all these games that that have just been kind of sitting and like you haven't been able to play it's like the greatest feeling in the world yeah i got an original xbox like late into the original xbox so i'm like playing all the halos and knights of the old republic and it just feels so great well final fantasy 16 is the type of game that like when that happens i will be excited i'll be like oh yeah i can play this one now and you know look forward to playing but it it is definitely not a not one that i would even be buying day day 11 you know i would be i would be waiting until i got it for cheap okay well that was a softball one more and then we'll move on to the next little uh little segment here but Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 arrives this winter. Is that going to be another one similar to Spider-Man? Oh, yeah. That's a toughie for sure. I enjoyed Remake 1 a, a lot, but not like, I mean, it goes weird places, not to ruin any, any anybody. Like, it goes very bizarre places at the end. Um, I think that that's a gonna go off the rails like crazy like square likes to do or it's gonna be amazing it's not gonna be it's not gonna come out to like a seven on ten i would be very surprised it's gonna be people are gonna be like this is amazing or they're gonna say okay this is gone crazy town because again the 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 first one ends very uh interestingly let's put it that way so i lean towards the fact that they're going to face plant. Um, I think that the next one's going to be like really like crazy <laughs> too much, too much, like too cute too like, I think it's going to, so, so um, it, I, I reserve the right to be like, it comes out to 10 on 10s. Everybody's excited about it. They, they're like, they, their vision is so amazing. And, and to be totally swayed, but right now color me a little bit suspicious on that one but the final final fantasies i've kind of been even the the remake was the closest i've i've been into them in a while i I have kind of been off them since the ps2 generation to be honest so um uh you know like uh uh, 10 and 11 but uh, i haven't played 14 the mmo i i i played 15 a bit i i didn't uh i didn't fin uh, you know i didn't finish that game uh it was all right so yeah, uh, but Spider Spider Man is is honestly the game uh, for me, uh, and you know going back into the games that were already released, like Returnal uh, uh, would be one that I'd be keen on playing. The Spider Man, uh, the PS Five versions of maybe some games I already own, like God of War Ragnarok or Sp- even the original Spider Man or Miles Morales. Those would be ones that I would be interested. The Demon Souls remake, I probably you know, make time for those are games that would be on the, the top of the pile, but it's just, it's Ryan, it's such a year for games, right? It's so some of the greatest games that I think ever uh, have come out this year. And it's just hard to think of like the PS five as being interesting right now. Like they're all like, Oh, we're going to wait for Baldur's gate. And, and we're not going to get Starfield. We're not going to, I don't, don't know if Starfield's going to be good, but it's the next big one. And I'm playing Baldur's Gate now. Uh, so I, I just, it's when Spider-Man comes along that I'll, I'll really have to, I'll be pressed. Like, do, do I get one or do I not? And you guys have been talking about like a slim version on the horizon. I don't know if there's any truth to those rumors, but I know my wife would much prefer a slim thing than what looks to be that, that monstrosity that, that I see on the internet. Yeah, it's definitely heading back to like 
the look and feel of a giant weird looking VCR. So I, I don't uh, I don't blame you for waiting uh, with the slim possibly happening. And I don't I don't anticipate a slim being more much more expensive. Um, usually when Sony releases their revisions, they kind of uh, they they discount the old version and the new one kind of is around the same price, maybe a little bit more expensive, but not like a hundred dollars more. Uh, this isn't a pro that they're working on. This is like a new sort of, um, yeah, just another, another variation. Let me put it this way. The only time I ever think about buying a PS five is when you guys tell me there's a deal on a PS five and you should think about it. So I'm not ever thinking about it because I want it or because Sony's giving me a reason to want it. So uh, if they do, and, and just for the listeners, I have an Xbox series X, I have a steam deck, I have a PC that runs pretty well. Like, so I, I have a switch, like I'm, I'm able to, to play a lot of games. So really the justification has to be in what can I play that I can't play anywhere else? Uh, is it worth the price and so forth and so on. And now the PS five finally for the first time in its life cycle is starting to experience sales. So with sales comes great temptation. So we will see. I think this watch is worth, worth continuing. Uh, who knows? Maybe even by the time we record this again, I will have folded like a <laughs> deck of cards Maybe. PlayStation 5 Watch 2023. It's time to buy it, Crofton. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that last part is menacing and threatening. Um, <laughs> thank you, Whirlwind, for recording that. I, I literally sent him a message a couple hours before we recorded, and I'm like, hey, can you do this real quick? I think it'd be, I think it'd be funny to surprise Crofton. Um, but here's the thing. Let's get into the dungeons because we have... Not one, but two singular topics, one per segment of the show, and we are going to be talking about Baldur's Gate 3. Crofton's playing it, I'm playing it, we've both put many hours into it, and I don't even know where to start, so I will ask you, Crofton, since you're doing like the whole multiplayer thing with you know, uh, uh, your mysterious friend Breck, uh, uh, Bo, and Mike... How is that going, and has it descended into chaos multiple times? Oh, man, those are two different answers. Uh, I would say good and yes, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, that's the show, folks. Good and yes. Here we go. Yeah. So, so uh, look, um, just some context for listeners. So we're going to spend the whole dun- Dungeons talking about this. Uh, this game, it came out, it's come out to rave reviews. It's like a crunchy PC RPG based on uh, the Dungeons and Dragons uh, 5th edition. So it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but in video game form as a story and all that, but still has like dice rolls. And it's, it's gotten a lot of, uh, you know, critical attention. And for me personally, it was something that I was really looking forward to because during the pandemic, my friends and I had a nerd night and we weren't able to do it and because uh, we couldn't get together. We played board games and such. And we replaced it with a series of video games that we could play together. And one of them was Divinity Original Sin 2, which is also a crunchy RPG made by the same studio that made uh, this new game. And it was very much um, – you know, a game that lets you pretty much do anything that you can think of with, with some limitations. 
And uh, so it's it's not on rails, really. It's like a, a world with lots of adventure, but you can solve it in different ways. And, and and I really, really enjoyed playing the whole campaign with my friends. Sort of every week we would get together and we would we would play Divinity. And when we finished it, I was actually kind of a little bit sad about sad about it. So when Baldur's Gate three was announced by the same team. I, I was excited, but I said I would wait until it was fully released because they let you play it early uh, to test it out and stuff. And I shied away from that. I wanted the, the final version. So it was actually on one of my most anticipated games of this year. And when it came out, I was just um, very excited uh, to, to play it with my friends. What I didn't expect, and w- w- Ryan and I will talk about this in a sec, is how much I've enjoyed playing it solo because Div- I kind of bounced off Divinity Originals 2, uh, Sin 2 solo. It was really multiplayer that got me excited. But with Baldur's Gate 3, um, what what it's you're a party of four characters and there's all these uh, characters that you can fill your party with uh, that have stories and backgrounds like a mass effect or a dragon quest and all this. But if you play uh, with your friends, everybody like one can be uh, like of the four people you can be uh, the characters. So that though does come with the big issue that is four people wandering around in this virtual world, making decisions and engaging with characters instead of just one. And yes, Ryan, it is absolutely chaotic. And as I pointed out to Bo, I think the big issue is really like when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons with your friends, the way Dungeons and Dragons works is there's a dungeon master. And if everybody says they want to do something at the same time, the dungeon master will say, okay, look, who's who's going first here how are we sorting out who goes first who goes second like do these actions take place at the same time you know there's there's order brought to the chaos whereas in a video game format like if i want to talk to one merchant while bo robs another and uh mike uh starts a quest with somebody new that that can all happen simultaneously and that's on our first session ryan that's how things went like we just we just were all running around like chickens with our heads cut off doing doing various things. And so it was chaotic. No, that makes sense. Uh, and, and some of this has been streamed, so you can kind of check it out uh, on Bo's Twitch channel, which I think is just twitch.tv slash Bo Schwartz. I think, he, I think he's kind of simplified that. Um, and I've, I've watched a couple of uh, clips. There was a more core episode. You had, you had sent it to me in Discord there which uh, had a few of your antics, I think, on the first night where you guys were kind of getting your uh, your feet wet there. That was our second night, actually. Oh, was it? Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we uh, we were sort of still – we've got a groove. And, like, first – the first thing you have to realize when you play this game as a group is that you're – it's not the same as playing it single player. And if you are a purist looking to experience the story and all of that sort of stuff, you absolutely should have your own game, play it that way, and then like like as Bo is, and then play it with your friends uh, and then let let the, the craziness ensue. Um, you can't – you can't just expect – to play it with your friends and things to to be as orderly as they are normally. But that said, it's still an like if you agree on your rules of engagement, and we sort of did. We talked it out a little bit. Uh, and last uh, was it last night or the night before we we played uh, as a group, and it went very very well. Um, well, <laughs> I mean there was dumb shit, but uh, it it mostly uh, it mostly went 
quite well. And uh, it was really, really fun. And so we're finding our groove. And I remember that was the same of Divinity Original Sin 2. One thing I'll say, Ryan, that I find so impressive about this game, and I'm just going to gush on so much of it here, is that I am playing my own single player game. So I'm always further ahead than we are in the multiplayer game. And in the multiplayer game, I um, do a lot of stuff like, uh, sorry, in the single player game, I do a lot of stuff. I'm somewhat of a completionist. I'm like trying to find all the secrets. I can take my time because there's nobody rushing me or whatever. So it boggles my mind how in the multiplayer game, I keep finding new things and seeing new things that I didn't find in my game, even though we're going through the same content. And sometimes it takes a different point of view, a different class, a different character that I get. But sometimes I'm just like, how did I miss this? You know, and even Bo, who's put hundreds of hours, like we were playing as a group, we found something that he had not ever found. And he was just like, he couldn't believe it. Um, and so that's the the density of the game is so crazy. Um, the stuff that you can uh, you can do. I uh, hear a lot. Bo didn't stream this, so I'm going to tell this story. Uh, if you allow, Ryan, it'll take me like a minute. I allow. Go forward. All right. So at one point in Baldur's Gate three, and this is not a a, a big spoiler. You're 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 underground in a cave fighting evil spiders uh this could be any dnd type setting and when you get to the end of the cave there's a mother spider and of course she's a boss and very very deadly um and so uh you know we were under leveled and we ended up you know using strategies to take her out Bo accidentally team killed Breck by using a, a spell that sent him flying into an abyss, but he also sent the mother spider flying into the abyss. So kind of worked out. So once we brought Breck back, the four of us were just like picking up loot and stuff. And when I walked next to the mother, there was just this hole in the middle of the, the battle arena where we fought the mother spider. I had never thought too much about it. I walked by it and it said, Oh, you feel a light breeze. And I said that, and then Bo got very like, he's like, oh, a light breeze. Maybe we can go down there. And I'm like, well, Bo, it looks like a death pit. Uh, it looks like we'd die if we fell down here. He's like, well, let's drink this potion of Featherfall. Or so, or he cast a spell of Featherfall, which is a, a famous D&D spell that just allows you to essentially do as it says. You fall from high and you're safe. It, 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 you're, you don't take any fall damage. But it only lasts for a certain amount of time. So he casts it. He's like, let's get together. Everybody jump in the hole. So he casts it. So we all, you know, he immediately jumps down into the hole and disappears. And then Breck jumps down in the hole and disappears. I, I'm trying to click and I can't seem to get it. And I get it. And I jump down and I see this animated scene of my guy falling down. And then I land next to them. And we're in the this sort of depths of the world called the Underdark. And it was like, and Bo was like, I can't believe it. I didn't know you could go down this way. This is a crazy thing. And then we hear Mike saying on the voice chat, panicked. He's saying, he's saying, guys, uh, how do I jump? How do I jump in the hole? And Bo was like, just jump, hit the, the Z button and, and jump and click in the hole. He's like, I, I can't do it. Oh, I figured it out. And his guy jumped. And just as he jumped, we saw a message over all of our heads that the feather fall spell had expired. Uh, and, and so Mike's character just plummeted down and landed right in front of all of us, like just 
flat on the ground, died instantly, blood everywhere. And, and, and I'm just standing there holding a torch and he's falling from the ceiling. And we're all laughing uh, uh, pr- pretty hard. But this is the sort of craziness that encapsulates this game. Finding secrets that nobody has found before. Uh, you know, comical hijinks that just lead to like – you know, one guy face planting on the concrete in front of the others or on on the cave floor in front of the others. But I, I will say that's the magic of this game in multiplayer. Like you have these moments, you find things that you wouldn't find otherwise. You react to things in ways that you wouldn't react otherwise. So anyway, I, I'm... I look forward so much to, to our group sessions, even though I'm playing the game single player and I'm further along. And sometimes I'll see stuff in single player where I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to get there with the group because I have no idea how this is going to go with our respective personalities and characters, right? Right. Yeah, well, that's the biggest thing is like in Baldur's Gate 3 when you're playing solo, and I agree with you, I think if you're playing multiplayer and you're like, oh man, I'm really tempted to have a solo game as well. Give into that temptation because I really feel like having a solo play allows you to not only explore at your own pace, but make decisions um, without worrying about how the rest of your party is 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 going to to make decisions. Because like, there's a lot of paths you can take to get to the same conclusion. Like when a quest says you got to do this specific. You got to accomplish this specific thing. Well, there is a, you know, the the narrative diamond there that you can take many different paths that will branch out in different ways, but they'll eventually all come back to that mostly singular point. There are a couple options um, where you can, you can conclude regions in a way that, that are, that are different, but um, the major stuff from what I've experienced has been, um like in act one the goblin camp is the big one that you come across the goblin camp and the druid uh area and there are essentially two major ways to resolve that specific instance right but there are hundreds of permutations uh of different things you can do along the way to those uh two different conclusions um so yeah, you're going to have very uh, different experiences playing with other people. So uh, I find it to be any story that involves, you know, uh, you and your friends playing this game. It's always super interesting because it's, it's vastly different from how I've uh, been playing. I'm playing very similar to you, Croft, and I'm doing as much of everything as I can in my solo play and making decisions based on how Ryan's character is reacting in this, in this moment. Uh, And I think that gives you more freedom in your multiplayer games to be like, you know what? I'm going to lean into the party here. I'm not going to like be insistent on how I want to see this play out. I'm going to like do it as a party. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's more healthy to have like two separate playthroughs, even though we're talking about playing, a huge uh, RPG twice, <laughs> which is to me kind of unheard of. I know. And like, I mean more than twice in the sense that I'm already thinking about like, how am I going to like Jesse is expressed interest in this game, my wife. And so I'm looking at ways that like, could I potentially, I know there's a split screen mode. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a way that I could, could, could make it so that I, I'm playing steam deck and desktop uh, with the same Baldur's gate copy where we each have like, 
you know, she's on the TV with the Steam Deck connected, and I'm on the I'm on my my desktop, and we're land up, and we're playing our own characters without buying the game a second time. So I'm still like I'm investigating that, but the fact that she has an interest in that is is crazy uh, to me. Um, and so like I might play again with her, and it would be a different experience with her, and then or I might replay the game entirely uh, myself with a different class uh, because as I'm playing single player, I'm playing with a monk uh, as my main, and I'm a rogue in multiplayer and it's again it's like two different you know two different uh experiences so like mixing all those experiences up what i have to get away from ryan and this is like you and i are both trying to do it but the idea of like of, of um clearing all the content seeing all that there is to see um because the reality is that you cannot possibly do that because uh if you make a choice then you're seeing you're you're also you're not making another choice, which means you are seeing content uh, for the choice you made, but not the other other one. And it, it, that while that makes sense um, in theory, like in a lot of games, somebody will give you a quest, and, and you'll be like, I don't really want to do this quest because it it's like it seems like morally compromising or whatever, but you know that the game developers have made a binary so that if you say, no, I don't want to do this quest, it just shuts off that quest and you've missed out on that content and you want to see all the content in the game. So you're going to say yes to do a quest that you wouldn't want to do for the most part. Anyway, I'm always like that when I play a game, I'm like, Oh, I want to see like, obviously I want to do this even though that I don't like this or whatever, but it's like content in the game. I want to see all the content, which is not necessarily the right way to play Baldur's Gate specifically. And it definitely, it's an impossibility in the sense that you will never, like you could talk to a character and be a different race and that character will teach, teach you differently. You will never see that content unless you're that other race. You're not changing races eight times during the game, right? Like you're missing content constantly as you play Baldur's Gate and you have to just get used to that mentality. And so that's what I find. I, I sort of check myself a little bit and be like, oh yeah, like I am trying to see as much as I can, but the choice that I made say with regards to the goblin camp um i know that i didn't see as much as i could potentially see like i you know i decided to deal with the problems in the goblin camp i could have i could have done something that would have led to a confrontation outside of the goblin camp it would have been different right like there's just so much that's different and i know that i'm leaving a lot of content behind um, and I just accept that. I'm like, this is the choice that I'm making or, or how these characters are playing it. And I think like my character too, right? So my monk in my single player character is a virtuous monk who is at peace with the universe. I have a lot of monk options and conversation, different things like that. That's cool. Uh, I can be good. Some of my NPC characters don't like me being so virtuous and good, but it's fun being the good guy. It's like being the the paladin or the whatever. You're you're doing you're doing nice things. You're trying to save people when possible. In the multiplayer, I'm a chaotic rogue. That you know, like pickpockets from people, and that causes you know, it's not above an assassination or something like that. So I'm playing a completely different character. My rogue, I've, I've even added rules for myself when I'm playing, like he's illiterate. My rogue is, I've just decided there's no 
parameter in the game. I'm playing them like a Dungeons and Dragons character. So whenever there's a book or note or something, I, I'm like, I'm not reading that. I can't read it because the other thing is he's pretending that he's not illiterate. So like uh, my character in the group, I'm adding a little flavor to him, right? To be like, okay. It also st- means that I don't have to read any of the crap that's strewn around the, <laughs> the, the, the level. So it's just another thing that is so, so great about this game uh, is that, is that there's content on, on content on content that leads itself well to multiple playthroughs. Yeah, no, that's, that is very true. And I mean, I guess to to issue a bit of a correction, kind of the way I'm playing is, as you said, you 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 are going to miss stuff just by the sheer nature of of how you set up your character, how you're making choices, and I think the first act, with specific to the Goblin Camp, there is a path you can take which would be considered like the evil path. Um, I'm not doing that. I I find it very difficult to to go down that path however very good option for me if i wanted to play um through again because in that sense i'd be like okay i've done the ryan path which is usually be very nice to everybody try to solve everybody's problems like just be a goody two-shoes uh let's be honest but i think a second playthrough it would be very viable for me to say like you know what let's just try to be as evil as possible because you do have companions in your party that would likely um, react well to that. And I have faith in the way the game has been designed that like playing that pure evil side to it wouldn't ruin the experience. I know I've seen like a lot of like, you know, making the good choices, making, you know, the, the moral choices um, has led to some really interesting moments, even with characters that you would assume would be, you know, kind of scoffing at that behavior, uh, just based on how the story's unfolded. And I'm trying to remain spoiler free for everyone at home. Cause like, I really feel like this is a game worth experiencing. Uh, if you are, if you are looking to play it. Um, but I, I've kind of, but on the other side of it, I've kind of been going through like assuming I'm only going to play this once. Like, I think I'm being very practical in that, Ryan is going to play this game once, finish it, and maybe not go back for quite a while. Honestly, Ryan, I am surprised that you are even finishing it once. Uh, like, I, the amount that I've seen you play it, it's just because it doesn't seem, I guess, from the outside, it didn't strike me originally as a Ryan Murphy type game. Like, it seemed just too, like, I don't know, pen, like maybe pen and papery, PC where I see you as more like console focused generally. And so like, I, I, it it was just, you know, it is surprising that it got its hooks in you to the extent that it did. But that said, I know you, you have a gaming podcast. You're going to move on to the next big thing for me. Like, Starfield is suffering from this because I was excited for that game, but I no longer care until I'm done with Baldur's (laughs) Gate. um, I like, it can come out to 10 on tens. I'm not picking it up until I, I have room for it in my life, which I, I don't right now. Zelda, one of the greatest games of all time, it came out earlier this year. I have yet to finish that game. Uh, Gwen and I were putting a lot of time into it before vacation. Now it's kind of sitting on the shelf because I'm electing to spend time with Baldur's Gate. Like I'm inundated in these like 10 on 10 masterpieces. But I did want to take a second to speak to those who, who may be like trying to get a sense of, a bit about some of this game uh, because 
there it, it is like we are ex, it, uh, sort of assuming a base level of knowledge here. First off, it's called Baldur's Gate three, but it is it is the sequel to two games that were released like in the late nineties, and you do not need to have played those games to play this game. It's its own story. It's completely independent of those games. There's probably some cameos or tie-ins. Uh, that I don't recognize because I did not play those games, but you don't need to have played them. It's set in the Dungeons and Dragons Forgotten Realms universe, which is um, sort of a darker universe of the Dungeons and uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, dar- darker universe. So it is mature content, which is too bad because honestly, it's one of those things where I would love to share this game, and and Gwen loves hearing stories from it. Um, I'd love to share this game with Gwen, like do a run with Gwen or something like that, but it's just, it is just not appropriate. It'd be nice to have a more kid-friendly Dungeons and Dragons game like this, but it isn't there. So then you, you, you are able to make your character. You're able to uh, make a ton of choices, uh, you know, to your character's looks, their backgrounds, their jobs, but it's very transparent about its Dungeons and Dragons roots. So it's got like dice rolls for a lot of things and they will actually show the dice on screen. They do it in a way that is not like, I wouldn't let that put you off too much. It just makes it really more transparent when you fail to persuade somebody or you fail to pick a lock. You're like, I understand why now. Um, it, it You don't have to get super deep into it, but it's, it's all there. But then on top of this game, there's this actually really well-made story. And I would say the big difference between this game and Divinity Original Sin 2 is the cinematics. Um, and so all of a sudden, in Divinity Original Sin 2 and this game, it's very much isometric, like the old Diablo games, like all of that you're seeing from up up high a little bit. You're looking down on your guys. You're clicking. They're walking around. Uh, you know, um, It's very, very high up in, in, in all of this. When you talk to characters, it used to be that you would have little chats with them. You choose, you know, there might be voice acting, but you wouldn't see their face up close. Um, now, it, as soon as you engage a character in conversation, as soon as there's a cinematic, as soon as there's anything, it, it camera gets right down there with you. And there's you can see it's just like any of these AAA games that you, you see, except it's customized to how your character looks, what's happened to them, how your other character party members look, how the enemy looks. There's so much there. So it feels much more like a Mass Effect or a Dragon Age or like those Bioware RPGs of later generations that had that more cinematic feel. And to add add to that, and the way that I'm playing it in single player, is you have these NPCs and sort of a base camp that, that is very similar in a way to like the Normandy or whatever in Mass Effect. And so it, if you like, if you're looking for a game like that, where you're talking to your characters, you're learning more about them, you're developing relationships, um, romantic and otherwise with, with them, then this game has all of that. Then it has that the moral quandaries of The Witcher 3. I just did a a very Witcher-like quest last night in my game. It was very much um, seemingly Witcher-inspired. So it's got all the stuff that you might like about The Witcher 3. And then the combat system is a turn-based combat system, which has fall, fallen out of favor in recent years. Like the you talked about Final Fantasy earlier they're all more actiony now and there's i you know i like action as much as the next person but as i get older the turn base uh has really lent itself um uh, uh, an appeal that i didn't 
used to have for it. Like it, you have a major action and a minor action and a limited amount of movement. So it's got the XCOM feel in combat. Like, so you've got XCOM stuff, you've got Witcher stuff, you've got Mass Effect and Dragon Age stuff. And it all comes together in such a way that you feel like almost anything is possible. Um, there's tons of scripted work. Like, like obviously, you know, I'm going to run out of stories. Eventually, you're going to run out of characters to talk to. But you can talk to any NPC. You can talk. You can drink a potion and talk to any animals. You can talk to the dead uh, with magic. You know, uh, it's just really like for me, it's a game that that. I knew I was going to like, but I'm seeing it make inroads with people like yourself who I wasn't sure was going to like it. But it seems seeming like you're much further than I am. You're clearly enjoying it. Yeah, no, I, I'm very much enjoying it. And um, it's something that I will likely be playing quite a bit. Uh, like, I'm not... Uh, I was looking forward to Starfield. I still am looking forward to Starfield. But I'm not in any rush to start playing it. Like the early access for Starfield five days early, if you buy the digital deluxe, uh, bothered me uh, because I, I have Game Pass and that's how I plan to play it. But now I'm like, you know what? Those five days are just more, you know, distraction free time with Baldur's Gate 3. And I have literally been playing every free moment I've had. And, and I don't like when a game kind of like, latches on that hard because it 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 ends up being all i can think about i know um, i love it it's tough i do i i really don't and i keep thinking to myself like okay maybe if i just finish this quest or just progress my relationship with this character or uh solve this problem for this specific person in the game i will have have kind of kicked that like I need to play this as much as possible all the time and go as quickly as possible to experience as much as I can. Um, and I, I'm getting there. I think I'm getting there. I think I'm getting to the point where I am content with how often I'm able to play and how much I'm able to play. So I'm getting there. But my main love of this game comes from uh, my my time with Dragon Age Origins, which is a Bioware's game after they stopped making Baldur's Gate they created their own universe with Dragon Age Origins and kind of based it off of like, okay, if we don't have the D&D license, let's make our own. And my favorite thing about that game was the conversations you could have with your party, with, you know, NPCs, the relationships you could you could have along the way. So that's, once again, my favorite thing in this game is, you know, every time you do something whether it's complete a quest or meet a new character, your companions all have something new to say to you, whether it's a line of dialogue or a, a tree of, of dialogue for you to interact with. And um, it's, it's been my favorite part of the game is just conversing with, with our, with our party members because it's all voice acted and it's all fantastic. Uh, there's not a, there's not a, a dud in the group in terms of like the way the characters are written or recorded or presented. Like it's all, they did a really great job. It's kind of like, try not to think about how much writing and voice acting and planning and designing went into this because it'll just make your brain hurt because there's just the amount of work that probably went into this is just, uh, it's bananas. It's bananas. Uh, it's bananas. I can't even, 
Like, and, and for listeners who don't know what we're talking about, like, honestly, like, you can make so many choices, and there's so many factors. They have to, co- they have to, like, think about like what a D session would be like, and what anybody would potentially say, or. And like any race or class you have, you might have conversation bonuses. You can go through the game without probably getting into almost any fights. You can talk your way out of things. You can like find eight different ways of getting to a location. You can, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it is, but sometimes Ryan, I will think about, I'm like, God, how do they do this? And it's just, your brain wants to melt in and of it's in on itself, you know? Yeah. It, it, it literally, it can <laughs> It really, it makes me stop and like, okay, I got to stop. If I don't, if, if I don't stop thinking about this, it's just going to wreck my brain. But I, I've, I'll say this, like, like I was saying earlier, I play, um, I play very nice. I'm a, I'm a good guy in the game. And I find that if you are, uh, if, if you are nice to all the characters in your camp, they will often like wake you up in the middle of the night and be like, Hey, you were nice to me. Uh, maybe we, uh, spend a bit more time together. It's a very uh the characters adventuring makes them uh want to you know blow off a little more steam I guess. I find that's like if I'm going to call it a weak part of the I just got to like sort of a party scene if you will in yeah. the game and 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 the party scene every character was like hey you want a bone yes. and I was like and I was like are and then and then you say oh yeah all right sure I'll bone you and then then <laughs> then uh then you go to the next person and they're like, hey, here you and so-and-so one are going to bone. But if you don't bone them, you could bone me. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll bone you instead. And then we're like, okay, cool. And then I go to the next person. They're like, hey, want to bone? I'm like, God, what is wrong with all you people? So like, it's, it is one of those games that absolutely makes your character the center of the universe. Like you are like everybody loves you or what. And it will say on the top of the screen when you make decisions, which of your party members approve and disapprove. And maybe I've just made ones that make me popular with everyone. I don't know. But it, it it's not – that part is not handled – necessarily perfectly i i will say though like the amount of choice that you can make like in this game the amount of spells that allow you to turn into a cloud of gas or get giant or get small or whatever that allow you to talk to animals like the the things that, that they think of um and the work that's put into this game has, has has been what what has really gotten its hooks into me like there's something very freeing about it and it does give me that feeling i have of getting together and playing D with my friends and it's so difficult to coordinate those sessions and now i can just boot up a game and like even the single player gives me some of that so i i really i really do enjoy it one thing i will say to starfield's in starfield's defense or like not, not having played it is that i do find it interesting i was thinking about this the past two years, last year's two big game in the year contenders were Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok. And then this year, you know, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and now Baldur's Gate 3, all four of those games are heavily fantasy inspired games, like different, like God of War's got like the Norse. Uh, you know spin on it and like the dark there's dark fantasy in Elden Ring and then there's like the, the more Nintendo family friendly Zelda one and then there's there's like the more traditional D&D in Baldur's Gate but it's just like like there has this area fantasy has received these triple A 
10 on 10 experiences uh, over the past two years. And sci-fi in my mind is kind of due for something really, really big. So I, you know, I do hope for Starfield that like, even though it, I just, I don't know how I have space in my life, like between now and the end of the year, I'm just like, I'm like, I'll be playing Zelda and Baldur's Gate until the cows come home. Like there'll be other games that come out this fall. And like, I'm already, my schedule's already booked up. Cyberpunk's getting a new expansion and a whole redo. I'm like, Oh God, how am I going to, you know, find time for that. So it's, it's a great year uh, for games. And I, I, you know, I saw Baldur's Gate coming just because I personally anticipated it a lot, but I think a lot of games journalists and others did not see it coming as much because they were, you know, uh, anticipating these heavy hitters and Baldur's Gate had been in early access for a long time. And I think that, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that for some folks, it, it feels like a come out of nowhere, like mega hit. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know Bo, for instance, was just salivating over it all, you know, all year that in Diablo. Um, and so, but not everybody's, it, it, it you know is is like him or knew what to expect from this game so i'm just so glad that it's doing so well because i've been watching the developer interviews with larry and studios and a lot of this like e- even in pre-release they're they're going through the best classes or the best races to pick and stuff and uh, they just seem to really care about it and they deserve all the success so i i am really uh, happy uh, for them and i i totally recommend like like I can't recommend this game highly enough, and I also know Ryan that like knowing how often we record the show, knowing how deep the hooks are, knowing that I'm still in Act One in all my playthroughs, that like my dungeon section of this show for, for probably the next couple of shows is going to have a lot of mention of this game. So hopefully you will you will like just clear it out and then move to uh, to your next big thing. But are you even at the the town of Bal- the city of Baldur's Gate yet? No, uh, I get the sense that Baldur's Gate three, or sorry, Baldur's Gate, the town in Baldur's Gate three is Act three. Uh, right, I'm still in Act two, and I'm I'm I'd say I'm pretty far along with Act two. Uh, I'm probably I've cleared a lot of the side content, I think, and um, we actually, if you go to our gamers in Discord, bit.ly slash TGI Discord. We have a game discussions uh, forum, and one of the posts is Baldur's Gate 3. So there's a really helpful folks in there sort of guiding us uh, through the game when we have questions or, or you know, for me, like, I, where I struggle with the game is, like, am I missing something by by going down a specific path? And what do I want to choose here when I level my character? I'm not as interested in, like, the RPG side of things. Like, I'm really enjoying the, the con... The combat's been hit and miss for me, but I'm getting much better with it now that I've um, basically been able to make Shadowheart like the, the strongest character ever against anything undead. Um, it, it's been really helpful to have those like tips and tricks um, from from the Discord there. But uh, I'm really enjoying all of the dialogue stuff, all of the quests, all the cinematics, like just the way... Diablo 4 did this as well. I didn't play Diablo 4, but from what I saw of it, I played the beta too. It has that way of like taking advantage of modern hardware where you can have that isometric zoomed out approach. But then when you're having conversations, the models just look amazing. Like it's not, it's not like a a pixelated 
3D model. It is a what you would expect if you were playing a 3D action game like God of War or uh, Horizon. It, there's no fidelity loss there when you're when you're playing this game, and it just it it looks so great. It does look great. You're and your the fact that your character created your created character looks so great. Like mine, I'm I'm growing attached to in both games. You see them enough, and they look so great. And um, but but uh, one thing, Ryan, I was thinking about the other day, and it's I know there are other games that have done this and like have have captured this, but I find none to the extent that this game has. Which is like, if you recall, and my memory may be failing here, in games like Skyrim, the 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 games from Bethesda, when you would talk to a character, the world would stop behind the character, right? Like it would be like, you'd be talking, you'd be in conversation. The character you're talking to would move, but everything behind them would be frozen. Like you would see people in janky, like walking positions. They would just be frozen until your conversation concludes. The world is on pause essentially, um, except for the character that you're speaking to. Um, Whereas in Baldur's Gate, when you talk to a character, everything is still going on behind them to the extent that if you're playing multiplayer, like Bo has spoken to a character while I have pickpocketed that same character, right? Um, it is it is just uh, it's just crazy. The world continues. Everything keeps moving. But you get these cinematic cutscenes um, where you feel like everybody should be seeing them, but now you don't have to watch them in multiplayer. You can choose to or not. Right. And sometimes multiple can be going on at the same time, which is a bit chaotic. Right. But, um, but all, yeah, all told Ryan, this game is a uh, really an amazing achievement in so many uh, ways, but I would, uh, I, I would like to, to mention that, that the, the bones of the game, like the, the, just like the, you were talking about the spells and, and your shadow heart and stuff like that, just the, the bones of like, uh, uh, of all the things that you can do uh, is really, is really um the, the combat, how it unfolds, all everything feels good. I, I would just say the one thing I could see putting off people who are like newcomers to a game like this who are like, wow, this sounds so great. Like I can do all this stuff. Is it because you can do all this stuff? There's a lot on your screen at any given time. And I've been switching between Steam Deck and uh, in portable modes, being Steam Deck acting as a desktop while I was traveling, I had uh, I've been playing it on the desktop as well. They've done a good job adapting it to consoles, but honestly, like if you can play this game on PC with a mouse and keyboard, that's really the way you should be playing this game. Um, the, the it it feels like the the amount of wheels with like icons and things and skills and things that you can do they've done a great job of translating this but it's just it's a lot it it it's a lot and it um and it feels like a lot and uh you know choose trying to decode the world and like all the things that you can do uh is it, the tutorials aren't great there's little pop-up boxes here and there when relevant, but it, it's just, it's a, if you have somebody who plays the game, like when my wife plays, I'm going to be her guide and that there will be a benefit. She will have a, a good onboarding experience. Bo was a bit of our guide when we started playing. Um, having somebody like that is great because it is, it, it once the hooks are in, the hooks will be in, you'll be good. But the beginning is so tough. Is there's so much? Like there's just so much stuff. If you have familiarity with D and D, that would also serve you well. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, the base is is very much D and D, and and you know, along that note, like like I said, like uh, in our gamers in Discord, we have a channel there where where folks have been help, like asking questions, being very thoughtful about marking spoilers, and I I think if you're if you're brave enough, also Google helps as well. Like there's a lot of resources out there. However, you have to be careful about spoilers. Um, but for me, it's been, so for example, like when I'm trying to level up a character, I'm like, I'm not really sure what I need to pick. Okay. Level eight feet for shadow heart. Like what's the recommendation out there? And, and you'll find it like, it, it depends on what kind of help you need. Like if you want to be guided throughout the experience, like there's no harm in, in having that information because there's just so much to this game. So for me, I'm like. I'm happy to kind of get some assistance there, but you're right. At the very beginning, um, you're learning a lot. A lot's thrown at you, um, and you're going to learn some lessons, uh, painful lessons. Um, F5, quick save, is your friend. Do not be afraid to quick save before battles, before conversations, uh, before even long resting at your camp. You know, because you can reload those. You can quick load with F8, reload, try a different dialogue. I've like gone through whole sections of a game, like dungeons or like areas and decided like, you know what? I don't, I, I think I locked myself out of something. Like I asked, um, there's a specific area I was in. I, I did one part of it before I did some other stuff, even though I had it in my quest log to go do it. And I, I very clearly knew the path I was going down, it was going to lock me out of this other stuff, but I wasn't really thinking of it in the moment. Cause I was like, oh, I really just want to play the game and get to the next section. So I asked in, in the discord, like, Hey, I did this and then I'm not really feeling it. And they're like, Oh, did you go do this and this? And I'm like, Oh, you know what? I didn't, should I go back? And they're like, yeah, you should. Cause it'll, it'll help you not help you, but it'll give you, it'll, it'll solve some of the issues you're having. Like make you feel more fulfilled by finishing that segment. It's and- just funny. It's funny because I'm I'm judging you right now in the sense that like there's been these articles about save scumming what you're no, saying. It's come like, on choose, now, don't do that. Choose, choose different conversations options. I pretty much play a card laid as a card played, in, and and for me it's like if I fail a check, I fail that check. You know, like I don't. I'm not like oh I can load it again. I rolled the one, well, you know, or whatever. Like I'm just like I know. I, look, I know people are doing that and they can do it. That's what the sa- quick save quick load is for. There's no wrong way to play the game except that's the wrong way to play <laughs> no <laughs> i disagree here's the thing yes reloading because you didn't get your you know the right uh dice roll i can totally see like okay that's a bit much and there are in-game mechanics to uh through the inspiration system to re-roll without yes. having to reload and that supposedly crofton's totally fine with judging by his his, his the inspiration yes. system that's yeah. part of D and D. Of it's course, like your your character, the dungeon master, gives you inspiration for role playing your character properly, and and they they work it so well into this game where it's like it's tied to like you choose the sort of background of your character and stuff. Anyway, I I am totally on board with the inspiration uh, uh, system for sure, but that reinforces the fact that you save scumming on rolls is like come on. Well, and again, we're not talking about saves coming on rolls. We're talking about uh, saves coming on decisions you're making as you're moving through an area. Maybe you're missing quest content or you're failing miserably in combat. Like sometimes you start combat poorly 
and that the whole thing falls apart. Yeah, I, I agree with that because combat can be a time suck for sure. That's a, that's traditional video game loading and stuff. But for me, it's like I chose a conversation option. Oh, I didn't like what they said or I didn't succeed my persuasion and now I feel like I'm locked out of this. I'm going to load it and try it again. I'm like, meh. That's for that's for that's my personal, but you can sure. see that's that's the thing about the game. You can do all that stuff, and that's what's so so interesting. Like like you can save and reload every little thing to to make have yourself have a perfect walkthrough. You can you can just save at certain points and or have a code about it. You it, it with um, the multiplayer game, we've decided like card laid is a card played. Except if we all collectively agree that a reload is necessary, we'll do it. Now, obviously, if we get wiped out in a combat, that, that's one thing. But the other day, Bo ran like a jerk, left the three of us to die in an ambush, and then used all our resurrection scrolls to bring us back. We're now super poor, but we we didn't agree to reload because Bo survived. So he got us all back up. And... Um, and so, like you know, card laid is a card played type deal. But another time, we create we genocided an entire town because Brett clicked in the wrong place and wasn't even intending to, and stepped somewhere he shouldn't, and then everybody turned aggressive on us, and we had to kill them all. Breck's attention wasn't to cause this, and so we were we talked about it. And we're like, well, no, that's a reload, you know. So, so we uh, multiplayer we've in multiplayer we've reloaded three times so far, and like. Uh, that's that's been uh, everyone has been justified. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me it comes down to I'm I'm playing this game once. I want it to be the experience I want it to be, and uh, it comes down to um, feeling like my time is being well spent. So uh, I'm I'm not going to reload every time a dice doesn't go in my favor because that you could have a whole session of you just constantly re-rolling. Um, but if I encounter a boss that I'm not ready to fight or don't want to fight or don't know the way quite yet to get through it uh, through dialogue or through um, through quest progression, then yeah, I'm going to be like, well, you know what? I'm going to reload before I go in here. I'm going to come back to this. Like There are specific moments in the game, which again, does not fit with a multiplayer session because a multiplayer session is there's four of you and um, sometimes you're streaming it and that doesn't make for enter entertaining content. But for a solo play, that makes me happy and feel like I'm, I'm making progress. Like I, I did come across uh, in the second act, I, I came across a boss and um, there are many ways to, to get past this boss uh, and one of those ways is is to start combat, the traditional uh, boss fight. And it hit so hard that all my characters basically died uh, it, you know, right away. And I'm like, you know what? That's a reload. I'm going to come back to this, gather information, figure out how to progress through this and and just experiment with it. You know, like I, that's where I've been finding my fun. But yeah, like if you're reloading. Look, look, people should do what makes them happy when they're playing this game. I'm not going to I'm not going to lean too far into it like Crofton has. But, uh, you know, it, it, it really depends on how how you want to play the game. You have that freedom. The systems are there. But uh, don't try F5 or F8 in a real D&D game. No dungeon master is going to it's going to respect that. I quick save before this battle. You can't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> quick load. No, quick for, load. 
For sure, for sure. So anyway, we'll we will talk plenty about uh, Baldur's Gate three. Uh, I. Uh, again, I just got to say that, like, I mean, I think I knew I was going to like it, but I definitely am liking it. it you know, I, I didn't know I would like the single player as much as I'm enjoying it. You know, it's uh, it is, as you say, the Dragon Age Origins, like the, it's that to, to 2023, right? Even beyond, like you can talk to NPC after NPC, like when you get to Baldur's Gate, It'll be insane. I would like to point out one last thing, which is the tech of it all. So I have an old video card um, and I have a, a, an ultra wide sort of monitor. Um, and I thought that I would be playing it, you know, at a crawl. In fact, it looks amazing on my computer and runs very well. It does have some occasional slowdown, but this is not a game that really, it's not that big a concern. It's not like an action game or whatever, but it looks amazing on my computer in ultra wide. Um, and for some reason it looks crappier on the steam deck, even though uh, the steam deck I think has a better video card than my computer does. Um, it, it, the steam deck looks well and runs very well. Uh, and I totally can deal with it. No problem. Uh, but it is not, it, it, if you think your computer is too poopy, I would just say, don't worry about it. Uh, just get it and, and give it a shot. Also, GeForce Now. One of our my my uh, group is playing on GeForce Now, which is a um, a service that you can you can get to like sort of stream games. This is a perfect game for that sort of thing. Again, it's not like Twitch reflexes or anything. Um, so yeah, there's just many many ways to play this game. It's also now coming to Xbox, coming to PS5. Um, and so, like, you can wait for the console versions, which are going to have, like, like the, a split-screen capability. Uh, but, again, my feeling is that the PC is the way to play this one if you have the the option to do so. So, yeah, great game that I will surely talk about again. Ryan, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, you know what? You're right. Like, it is a, it is a game we're going to talk about again. It is a very um, uh, versatile game in terms of the hardware it can run on. I've played it on my PC. Um which has a 3070. I've played it on the Steam Deck. All the cloud saves work really well. We just got news today, as you said, that it's coming to Xbox, both Xbox Series X and S, uh, and launches on PlayStation 5 in just a couple weeks. So um, a lot of folks are going to be jumping into this game, and we will continue to talk about it in the dungeon section as Croft and I make our way to Baldur's Gate. Now... Let's move into our uh, diapers section and talk about our topic, which is summer vacations, which feels very fitting considering uh, Crofton just got back from one of his vacations uh, and I uh, should have got back from a vacation, but did not. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and yeah, it's summer's almost over as well. I hate to be that guy, but uh, you know. It is uh it is late August, Crofton. So you vacation. son of a bitch. I know, I know, but kids are going back to school. That's true. You know, it's happening. Also, like I don't know about you, Ryan, but both were uh, up at Jesse's dad's in Sherbrooke near the American border, and here in Ottawa, there's leaves that are changing. Like trees are changing already. I'm like, what is going on? I don't remember. August, like we're we're 
it, it's the 24th of August. Like we're still in summer. Like normally we clear September first couple of weeks of September are pretty gr- I feel like we're in like end of second week of September here. It's very strange. Yeah. I was, uh, I was walking the other day and a leaf fell and I was, uh, I was legit like jumped. Cause I was like, what is happening? No way. These leaves are falling. And sure enough, a leaf. Did you chop down the tree right away? You're like, screw you tree. That's it. That was it. You're, you're, you're done. Yeah, that tree, uh, all all the leaves fell that day off that tree. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, summer vacations um, uh, have obviously for me have been, uh, there's been a lot going on. We talked about camping. Uh, we talked about, um, you know, the various trips that, that I've taken. But, like, I wanted to talk about a specific one that we were supposed to do. And we teased it at the end of our camping episode that we were, I was going to do glamping. Uh, and yeah. I had not done that before, but Crofton, the, <laughs> this thing happened. So the whole family was, was sick over the last two weeks, including, okay. um, the session in which we were supposed to go glamping. So the day, a couple of days before we were supposed to go camping, Caden was sick and then he was recovering, but then Izzy got sick and Izzy was up all night at home, just cranky not sleeping well and then just in general not a not a happy camper um and this was leading right up to our camping trip and and you know ashley's up all night with with izzy and i said like look like we do we all go camping with with this sick kid and and basically one of us is then stuck taking care of the kid while we're camping or does one of us go camping and then one of us stay home with the sick kid so that the other two kids can can enjoy their camping. And this was a camping, a glamping trip that was like about a two hour drive. So it's not like we were, you know, canceling flights or anything. And and I basically said to Ashley, like, look, like if we bring Izzy, you're going to be up all night while camping. It's not going to be fun. And if you stay home, you're going to be up all night. So I said, like, you take the two oldest, go camping. I'll stay home with Izzy, take care of this, you know, the sick kid who, who again, up all night, uh, you know, fever all that fun stuff and it just happened to like the worst of it kind of appeared as we were getting ready to make this decision of what we're going to do with camping so i didn't go glamping i stayed at home and 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 took care of izzy and uh and then and ashley took the two oldest glamping so we didn't we didn't have like a family summer vacation with that specific one i like how you're presenting this you're just like ah you know what poor ashley she's I realized that there's no way that she was going to get good sleep. And so that I was going to have to stay home with Baldur's Gate with Izzy. <laughs> well, while she goes camping in the woods with the two high energy kids and I'll just stay home with the sick kid that goes to bed early. Don't call me a hero. I'm just a man. <laughs> yeah. It sounds, sounds like you're real noble there, Ryan. I, you know, here's the funny thing. Like you are, it's been long. It's been a couple of weeks since it happened. But if you had like made that reaction, uh, that like over the weekend or close to the weekend, I would have like packed the va- I would have rented a car, packed the kid, the sick kid into it and gone there because I felt immensely guilty about it. You know, like because, as you said, Baldur's Gate three, Izzy eventually did go to sleep, but it was a couple of really rough nights uh, because, again, like she was up, she was sick and um 
like yeah but i i didn't know the al- the alternative was we all go and then everyone's miserable like because it's not a we're not talking about like no this I, I fancy cabin of, that you rent yeah. right where like six no. bedrooms four toilets type <laughs> right, thing. right right <laughs> no I, I was making fun of you but uh you made the right choice i could feel again like over the course of the weekend i i felt uh quite quite guilty but i you know and then and then this is the thing that happens so Sunday night, I'm getting ready for bed. Izzy kind of woke up. So I was like, I was up and I checked my phone and Ashley's texting me at like 1130 at night. And so Abby was vomiting and then up all night. So so she was sick uh, right at the tail end of of this uh, glamping trip. So it was, um, it was not, they really enjoyed it outside of Abby vomiting on the last night, but uh, <laughs> they had a really great time. And it was, um, it's called KOA. And it was kind of like a camping resort uh, where there was a whole bunch of stuff to do. They had like movie night in the park. There were uh, there was a pool. There were, uh, you know, uh, playgrounds aplenty, different activities going on. Like they had oh, mini golf. They had a blast. And every time Ashley would send these photos, I just think like, man, I could, I could not imagine <laughs> these kids having so much fun while also dragging along our three-year-old who's just just a wreck. Um, but we are planning to go back next year. I, I think we're going to have uh, we're gonna have a really good time. Did Izzy appreciate, did she sort of appreciate that she missed out? It, was she like, is she old enough to be like, I I got hosed here? Uh, and, th- and that's the thing. Not really. Like being three uh, it's not like we, we it's not like we, uh, every time Ashley texted me something fun, it's not like I showed Izzy and me, like, look what we're missing. You know, like we, I, I kind of just, <laughs> I did not do that. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think you did, but the fact that you had to specify it is awesome. Hey, Izzy, check it out. Water slides. Can you believe this? This looks sick. Look what we're <laughs> missing, kid. By the way, your, your Tylenol is up. You're ready to go. No, I, I did not do that. And you're right. Like no one assumed I would do that. Uh, but Ashley was sending me photos as as the as the weekend went on. But she's young enough where like I don't think she really understood. And she was legit sick enough where she was like, I don't even have the energy to be to be jealous. And of course, when Abby and Caden came home, they were just super stoked. And they we were telling Izzy about it. And, and Izzy was still like fine. Because again, like and 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 after that, like after the camping trip. We kind of went mostly back to normal, uh, except uh, Abby was then sick. So Abby was home. They were supposed to go to camp. They were supposed to go to a, a, a gymnastics camp. Abby didn't go at all. She was home with me that whole week uh, sick. So it the last two weeks, uh, while they were supposed to be filled with summer vacation fun, um, I was sort of playing uh, nurse and sort of keeping everybody uh, feeling feeling a hundred percent. So, uh, not, not nearly a, a lot to report outside of just that one specific instance where, you know, we had that, you know, experience where we're like, do we definitely don't cancel the whole trip, but how do we salvage this in a way where, um, the kids who are feeling well, how do they have the, the best time? Um, I, I think if we had like rented a cottage or something, we probably, cause that's the other thing, like, because the of the accommodations and how far a drive it was and like most of the stuff you were doing was outside of the place you rented it was like a resort type place it just didn't 
there was enough against it to to keep to keep Izzy home. So, but that being said, like we did a a lot this summer that was uh, like summer vacation worthy. Like had the great camping trip to Algonquin, uh, a lot of visits. The kids have been, you know, actually right now, like the two oldest are at my parents. They've been there for a week. So like they're really they're really enjoying they've had a, a, a jam packed summer um, and it feels like I've spent most of it just looking at the calendars. OK, like, hey, what am I doing tomorrow and what am I doing next week and what do I have to get done before I go off on vacation? It's been a lot of calendar sort of uh, negotiating, it feels like. So I, I would zoom out and ask you more of a high level esoteric question about summer vacations here which is the topic which because it's not family vacations the topic it's summer vacations so my question to you and is do you like when you're planning vacation as a family are you planning what you think the kids will find fun and make them happy what will make you and Ashley happy or a combination of both, if that makes sense. For instance, I'll give you an, an example. A trip to the spa might make you and Ashley happy where the kids would be bored out of their mind. Uh, a trip to Legoland might make the kids really happy, but you might be bored out of your mind. Or – you know, maybe it's something that is uh, appealing to everybody. A trip to Nintendo Land, for instance, for <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds great. Um, but but like I'm just saying, like when you're considering, you're planning your vacation for summer. Are you are you planning for the kids, planning for yourselves, or trying to plan for everybody? Uh yeah. I think like so. I think the way. And this is probably this conversation. This is a really good kind of questioning because I, I, Ashley and I have been trying to rack our brain of like, why does this summer feel so busy and why do we feel so exhausted? And I think it's because the way we planned our summer and uh, was because the way we planned our summer was to basically like, who is who is taking care of the kids? Like, where are the kids going? What are the kids doing? Because we have to work. Uh, throughout the summer. Ashley does not have a lot of vacation time. I have a limited amount of vacation time. The summer is actually the busiest that my work is in comparison to other months of the year. So like I have to take that into consideration. So previous years we would plan summer around like, okay, where, where are the kids going? Are they in daycare? Are they in day camp? Are you off? Am I off? And Throughout all of that, we're trying to find like, okay, this is a week where we're all off. So where are we going? This is a weekend where we're going to go do something, whether it's camping or, or whatnot. So I would say for the most part, it's us trying to figure out like, what are the kids going to enjoy and what, what is going to keep them busy while, while we're working. And, and I think like, based on that next year, we're going to make some, some different choices in that, like, okay, what can we do that? we're all going to have fun doing like not just keeping the kids busy. Like I, I've, I mean the photo you shared of your summer, you know, your, your family trip there, like that looked like a blast, like all the photos that you've been sharing when you went to, was it Storyland or something? Was that what it's called? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, 
look, I am sort of trying to – I'm struggling a little bit with the same thing, but also a bit of a different thing. So like for, for taking care of the kids, we've shelled out a ton of money on day camps this year. Like So all July they were in day camps. Next week they're going to be in day camps. But for four weeks of August, they were not in day camps, and it was up to us to sort of take care of them. Um, and so – we we have we do not have a cottage. So so when I think about summer vacations, I kind of put them into three major categories. There's uh there's cottage, which is like you go somewhere, you stay somewhere. It's nice. It's on water. You don't really like you just relax in the cottage, right? And then you've got um, the camping, which is like you know. Um, you're going somewhere to to camp. You're probably not going to be as comfortable as you would be, say, in a cottage. There's going to be more people around, potentially, if you're at a campsite and all that. And then there's the travel. Like, you're going somewhere on a trip. could be a road trip. could be a you know plane trip or whatever. You're, you may be staying in a hotel. You may be doing, doing, that, doing that sort of stuff. And I guess you could have a fourth category, which is the staycation, uh, where you're staying around home and you're maybe doing stuff in your area and that sort of thing, right? So all four of those uh, allow can be customized for the various members in your family, right? Like you can be like, I'm going on a trip and it could be a trip for the kids, could be a trip for the adults, could be a trip somewhere in between, like, you know, um, you know, a, uh, except for like maybe maybe the cottage and camping are kind of like if if your kids don't enjoy those types of things well then i mean it's not necessarily for them but but we sort of like the past two summers our summer vacation the time that we're off as a fam has been as a family uh and i i often leave feeling you know like more tired afterwards than i was like i'm i'm getting the most energy when my kids are when I'm back at work and my kids and I'm working from home and my kids are at like camp or school or whatever, because I can just take breaks and there's not kids around and I have my time to myself. Right. So where I love my kids, but for the past, like I've been off for three weeks this summer, three weeks of August, which is really nice, generous to have, but the kids have been off that same amount of time. Uh, Jesse is doing this thing where she gets paid less for the year, but it's divided up over all the months of the year, but she gets more leave. So she's taking, she's taking uh, a big chunk of all of August off, including next week. So she's going to be off solo next week, which will be great for her. Kids will be in camp. I'll be at work. She'll be able to re- relax. She gave me a day this week. So she's like, I'll take the kids all day. You you don't have a week off. You relax. We're back at home. And that was great. I really appreciated it. I played Baldur's Gate all day. Yes. Um, but um, those those times are sort of few and far between. So what we, re- we kind of recognized is that we designed – a lot or I felt that this trip we designed a lot for for the kids. Uh, we were thinking of what to do with the kids, what would they like? And that's why we went to Storyland. Don't get me wrong. I like Storyland. It was fun. Uh, but well, what do I love the most about Storyland is seeing how happy the kids are when we go, right? Uh, it's not it's a it's a theme park in New Hampshire. It's about five hours from my house, but only two hours from Jesse's dad's house. So we can pair with a visit to my in-laws uh, and he, he is so um, 
uh, welcoming and it's nice to stay at his place, but there isn't a tremendous amount of stuff to do around his area. And so we, we went there, stayed a little bit then went to the States and went to Storyland. We stayed at, my kids love to swim. So we stayed at a place with a pool for three nights um, went to Storyland one day. There's an aquarium next door. We went to that the next day. We did shopping in the town nearby the day after, and then we took off. Uh, we also used the pool a bunch. So it was a it was a really good time. Uh, I had a really great trip, but I recognized that uh, Storyland itself, because I was telling Jesse, the kids are going to ask to go next year. We went last year. They asked to go back. We went this year. They're going to want to go back again. It's a small. It's a small theme park. Like it's like a. Well, it's 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 not small in terms of like. There's a lot of square footage. It's small in terms of that. It's made for like kind of the twelve and under set. Like all the rides are the roller coasters don't have loops. The uh, the rides are a little softer. You know, like they're they're not cadence. Let's just put it this way. Uh, my although Clara could probably get there. Um, so so uh, so it was really a and and there's because all the Grimm's fairy tales and others are public domain. Um, you know, there's Cinderella's castle is there, and all sorts of other um, Disney esque princesses. Rapunzel, all of them are there, and you can take photos with them and, and have that experience. Disney without the Disney, so to speak, um, and that's great too. So we had a really great time, but it left me thinking afterwards about like you know planning future trips. Like we already have our winter sort of trip plan. We're going to go see my mom who goes to Mexico in the winter and it's going to be like, she's on the far coast. So it's going to be a bit of a trip, but it just made me think about like how I don't, we don't take, we have, as you do as well, Ryan, we have precious little vacation time. When we take it, we're often using it as childcare time because um, we're not taking a vacation, just Jess and I and leaving our kids somewhere. Um, we're not, so we're never getting actual vacations as parents. And um, I know some parents do have actual vacations. They have people, grandparents that can take the kids or just different things, but we don't have that. And so we never have actual like restful vacations. And so we're thinking next year, we're going to look at like finding some sort of cottage that we can just squat in for like a week or two and not worry about anything. Like, cause the kids are very well behaved. If they can swim and burn off some energy, like, like we could just, if it was comfortable, we could go there. And I think that's what we might look more to next year, because I think that the, um, the traveling around is, is fun and stuff, but it's also tiring. We have to do everything, the packing, the unpacking, the, the, um, the getting everything lined up, the buying tickets, the, you know, getting new routines and bedtime set in the new locations, like all of that stuff. So just feels like for summer vacation as a parent, we're kind of like not, coming out of them more rested than we were going in. And I think that that's a problem. Um, now you, it's your busy period at work. Mine, it's not. So, I mean, it's not like, but so I'm, what that means is I'm coming back from my summer vacation, ostensibly rested going into the busier time, right? Which is not great. It's like, you're expected to, to be rested, but you're not because you're trying to be the best parent that you can be. I had a great time. Um, but I think that I could have had a more relaxing time, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I mean, there, I mean, there's obviously something we haven't talked about, which is budget as well. Like a lot of the things that Crofton's talking about may not work for listeners. I know it's it's not something that we've we're able to do in terms of having, you know, um, uh, 
shifted, uh, you know, work timelines and, 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 um, I, I forget the the actual word for it, but, uh, compressed work shifts. I don't, I don't know, but no, it's absolutely, you're right. Budget is important. It's huge. It's like we, we had to, we chose to spend money on day camp, but to send two kids to day camp. But if we were spending, sending three kids to day camp, or if we were having it, like, it might have made more sense not to work a job instead, you know, and like, like try to, you know, there's, there's just a lot of things that like, yeah, summer's financially strenuous. And then the things that we do, right. Like storyline costs money to go into. Although again, I would argue it's not very expensive, especially compared to Disney and things like that. But, but there, but staying there, like staying at the hotel, for three nights was like, it's egregious right now, Ryan. It's super expensive. Like, and so, I mean, for some people, summer vacation has to be more staycation. And honestly, our week before, so last week we were away. Uh, this week, this week we're sort of like getting ready for Gwen's birthday and kind of like recharging our batteries. But the week before we did kind of a staycation in Ottawa and we went to like museums and just did different things like that, things that we didn't normally do. And that was, that was great as well. I think staycations are awesome as long as you make them special in some way. Like if you just do the things you normally do or start mowing the lawn or whatever, then it's not, it's not anything, right? Like a staycation is a staycation because you've done something with it. Yeah. I mean, but you, you do have to have days where you don't do anything. (laughs) Like no one has unlimited patience budget and, uh, just yeah like that's my thing is like i know our summer vacation like our summer has been what you know when there are is a day where we have nothing going on there is that like weird like oh man maybe we should be doing something but then you realize like wait no we've got four things planned over the next five days yes take the day (laughs) you know um let's go to the park just up the street you know there's no admission fee there's no nothing we just put some snacks in the wagon and, and go for, go for a ride. Like we, we did summer camps too. Uh, the kids have, Caden really enjoys them. Abby, I think the longer she went, the more she was just kind of, uh, indifferent about them. Um, and I, I think, I think the last one was definitely hit just because she was, she was sick. Uh, but yeah, like I think next summer, um, and, you know, and, and like you said, our topic is summer vacation. I think next summer we are going to look at planning, um, some, some, like we did this year, some proper summer vacation trips, you know, we're going to do a camping trip. We're going to do, we're going to do another glamping trip. Uh, we've always had fun with the cottage when we rented. Uh, it's just, it, it has become cost prohibitive. Like it's changed. It's actually got more expensive now to, to get what we need. I believe it. But, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I I really enjoy, you know, the planning of a summer vacation. I I know like childcare is not the most exciting part of planning your summer, but um those those day camps are kind of like, you know, mini vacations for the kids. Like I know even though sometimes I have to like convince my kids to go when I drop them off and stay, when they come home, they're super stoked that they had a great time. And I say to them, like, well, remember this feeling because tomorrow when I go to drop you off and you're saying you don't want to go, like, you always have a great time. Uh, and and I kind of need you to go because I, I, <laughs> I, we paid for it. I have to go to work. I'm not trying to guilt you here, buddy. 
but like, I know you're gonna have a great time. You're gonna go do some fun karate or gymnastics or play with Lego. Like every day they were just having so much fun, uh, at these camps. And, uh, I, I think, uh, and you know, even thinking back, we went to Canada's wonderland for that one day and I'm not a roller coaster person, but like, it was similar to how you described it. It was like, I was just happy to be there because the kids were just stoked to go on all these rides. And, uh, even Izzy at three, just going on these little kid roller coasters, which is fine by me because those are the ones I can go on. Uh, I would go again. It's expensive. Yeah. But like, kids really enjoyed it and I'm not a ride person, but you have to pay to get in anyway. So like I didn't feel guilty because like either way, if you're in there, you have to pay to be in there. So I didn't feel bad about not going on all the rides, but I went on a good chunk of them for sure. So it like we had fun. Like we had, we had a good summer. It was very busy, but as you said, like I don't feel rested. Uh, I don't, I, I did not feel rested after, after taking like specific time off of work. And I think like next summer or well, not next summer, like this winter when we're planning summer, I'd like to try to figure that out. And I I know Ashley and I are on the same page because we both kind of feel the same way of like, we had a good summer. We had great vacations. The kids seem to be enjoying themselves, but like, how do we plan it in a way where we're like, we can, we can fit some recharge time in. And, and is that like, you know, at the midpoint of summer and then the end of summer, like, you know, the kids love going to my parents. We do have that opportunity. My parents are happy to take the two oldest for, you know, a week at a time. They're apprehensive about taking Izzy. Izzy's not necessarily as interested as, as spending time away from, you know, mom, but she's only three. So, yeah. Plus they, then they get outnumbered. Which is the mistake you made from the beginning, but whatever. Of course, Um, yeah. But uh, uh, I I get it. They're older too, you know, parents, you know. Uh, But uh, but no, it's cool that you have that option. I I I think it it does take planning. One thing that that separates us is when you said you enjoy planning. I hate it, and and it's one of those things where Jesse doesn't particularly like it either, and we end up kind of caught at the eleventh hour. Um, We're lucky we got a booking this time, but we were pretty late to the party and booking that. And we booked it at least a month before or, or two months before. Um, and uh, it's just, yeah, you have to be on top of things. And as you said about money, everything has gotten super expensive with inflation. Um, having just been in the States, we lament food costs here in Canada all the time. The food was the exact same price in the States, except in American dollars. And I was like, oh my God, this is egregious. And so it's, it, it money is a, a huge thing. And when when you're going uh, for a winter vacation, if you live in Canada, um, it's money is going to be huge no matter what you do. Uh, the winter vacation, it's either going to be a ski vacation that costs money, a lot of money. It's either going to be uh, a down south vacation that costs a lot of money, or it's going to be uh, a vacation to some indoor spot that costs a lot of money, like a hotel or somewhere with the pool or whatever. So winter vacations are just like very expensive for folks in Canada. Uh, and they're going to be no more. They're going to be even more expensive next year, uh, and therefore summer vacations are the ones where you can kind of stay closer to home, and maybe it can just be nice being at your house or being there around, especially if you have a pool. <laughs> um, but 
and and uh, and so I, I I agree with you what you were saying about having those days to recharge. Like we had some of that this week where we did kind of nothing and stuck around the house. Especially coming back from Grandpa Paul's, it's been it's been uh, it it's been nice. So I I think it's also an age thing. You have that three year old. Our youngest is now five, and five is still still a kid, like a, a young child, but. But is really at a point where like you can sort of say, hey, don't wake mommy up before X time or, you know, like Clara gets it. And and so we're able to have like some kind of relaxing days and stuff uh, as well. I just think that like I need to pivot in the way that I think about summer vacations a little bit and I need to pivot towards, you know, mom and dad as opposed to the kids because I think we're very what's going to make the kids happy? What will the kids enjoy? I think that's our default position, which is not a bad place to be necessarily. But if it if it steams rules, steam rules you from resting yourself, then that can be a problem, right? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's the it's the critical starting point when you have young kids of like what's going to make them happy because like not only do you have to make them happy, you have to ensure that they have something to do all summer while you continue to work. And, um, and, and you want to keep them entertained too on your summer vacation. Like, I think that's where, you know, I, I get jealous when people talk about their, like their family vacation, your their, sorry, their family cottage. It's part of their, their family. Like that, that to me is like, oh man, that's awesome. Like you just have a place you can go to relax and and bring your family there like you don't have to pay rent you just have to pay upkeep like there's costs involved of course a hundred percent but uh it's always seemed very uh very handy especially now like where you're you're trying to find stuff to do with you know a whole family uh but yeah like we we still have the you know izzy being three like that does kind of um change our choices a little bit but but next year uh, we've already started to kind of think of next year and next year Izzy will part of her preschool. They offer a summer program. So we're covered there. We don't have to put her in camps, but, um, it still would be nice to sort of get to the point of like, cause as you say, like the kids are older, you know, Caden's seven, Abby will be six in, in like a week. Um, they are old enough where they're not as big a burden to their the grandparents. They don't run them down as much. Uh, you know, they're not they don't need as much care. And I think as we get closer to Izzy being a little older, she'll be able to go as well. And they have a great time there. And I, I actually uh it would be we've even talked about going there as as a family and hanging out for a bit, just to have like a different, you know, spot to be, right? That that is that isn't cost prohibitive. Uh, so yeah, like we're trying to, you know, figure that out. And I, and I mean, I don't like planning. I, I, I'm fine to do planning. Ashley did a lot of like the heavy lifting on the planning for sure. But, uh, I think this winter, you said when we, earlier, you like planning. You said, I, I, like I don't planning. mind planning. I don't mind it. Uh, but by the honestly, end of this episode, you're going to be like, I hate planning. You've I already got half, you've gotten a step back and now you'll go the full way. By the end, you're like, as much as I hate planning, I'm like, Ryan, you said you loved it earlier. Then you said well, you didn't mind it. Now well, you're now words I in my mouth. I never loved planning. I don't mind planning. That's where I'm at right now. That's probably where I'll end, you know, my, uh, you know, I will not get to the point of disdain for planning. I like knowing what I'm going to do all summer. Like I don't check the calendar and, and feel glee, but uh, I, I definitely, uh, I, I definitely think towards this winter. And even Ashley said, like we really need to figure out 
you know, why this summer felt so busy and, you know, what can we change next year? And I said, like, let's get through summer and then in the fall we can talk about next summer (laughs) outside of any like specific, you know, deals we need to take advantage of. I know a lot of the camps we go to offer like buy, you know, so many weeks for next year, save money, that sort of thing. Um, And then figuring out what kind of camping trips you want to take because like that stuff you have to book you have to know exactly what you want specifically when it releases next year uh, because they just they sell it so fast. So there is a lot of planning involved, but it for me, it's like it's mostly knowing like, OK, when when does future Ryan need to worry about this? I don't think future Ryan needs to worry about our entire summer next year in August. Like we could we could probably discuss that in September. Like we still have three or four things we got to get through before they go back to school. Um, but it like. I would say like I really enjoyed all of our summer activities. The only thing that kind of like fell apart was that last uh, glamping trip. And I and the kids had a great time. And I was really looking forward to it because it was kind of like the olive branch of like, well, camping is kind of the, you know, the least expensive thing we can do since we have all the stuff. But like Ryan prefers, you know, a cabin type experience. So like, let's do this one. Try this like resort type thing. There's stuff for the kids to do throughout the day different activities and whatnot and uh didn't get to go but we're gonna go next year that's the plan we're gonna go next year well that sounds pretty good if i i think that this is as good a place to wrap up our discussion of what we did this summer ryan and and get a sense of what uh i guess our listeners have done this summer and what they would suggest for planning future summer vacations we clearly have not figured it out ourselves entirely yet just as we figure it out our kids will be like we don't want to hang out with you guys anymore i'm like what i have a great plan we figured it out we figured it out. They're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm hanging out with Chad. You're Ugh. like, ah, <laughs> damn friend, Chad. Life decisions. We all, uh, you can't quick load on that one. Um, okay. Well, can't yes, it, you're right. Like, <laughs> can't F8 that. <laughs> you no, know, you cannot F8 that. God damn it. You can't re-roll. Even if you have inspiration, you really can't. You can't re-roll. Here's the thing. That is our topic for this week, summer vacations. Uh, Next episode, very fitting. By the time we record next, the kids uh, should be back in school, I believe. Uh, Timing works on that. Uh, So we're going to basically prepare to be talking to teachers and parents again, talking to adults, other adults, not just Crofton on Discord, talking to other adults. So uh, that'll be our topic next episode. And uh, we'll prepare everybody for talking to the teachers and daycare folks uh, as everyone goes back to school. Sorry, kids, if you're listening to this, back to school. It's happening. Prove to dad you're not a fool. (laughs) What? What is that? It's from Billy Madison. Oh, yes. Yeah, Billy Madison. Back to school. Back to school. To prove to dad you're not a fool. That was so spot on. We might get uh, might get content ID'd for that. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. You can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. Email the show dad at tgistudios.com. If you have thoughts on your summer vacation, you want to fill us in on what worked for you, uh, what kind of fun you had, what didn't work. Uh, did you... Uh, go to Storyland like Crofton did or or did you uh you know um go to the park up the street like I did I don't know um 
let us know. Let us know. Dad at TGIstudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Crofton at Crofton Steers, and the show at DNDCast. Give us a follow there. That's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great couple weeks, and we'll be back after school starts. Back to school. Back to school. Unfortunately, Dad buried the pool. Skeptical face. That was very good. This is his first strike. And I've got a lot of first strikes. Thank you.